What a nine days it was. Ugo Amadi. If anyone on this podcast who's listening to this can name who Ugo Amani is, <laughs> I will DM you and just give you a thumbs up because I don't have any money to give you. <laughs> I think people do. I mean, he's 1-0 in his Eagles career. The only problem is that he spent more time in Cleveland than he did in Philadelphia, which I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. No. Um, yeah, bigger impact on the Eagles. Ugo Amani or Dick Rod. Dick Rogers had a touchdown. Yeah, he did have a touchdown. I couldn't think of a better example. J.J. Uh, you could say J.J. Paul I mean, Turner. Drew, yeah. Well, Paul Turner. He was a burner. Burner Paul Turner. Yeah. He um, got in one game. There was another wide receiver like a couple years ago who everyone was like really high on. I think it was the fourth or fifth wide receiver. If you named they, him, I would know. But there's always a guy. There's mm-hmm. always somebody. No, but I mean, hey, listen, I mean, the things that. Things that Ugo Amadi will be known for. One and zero in Cleveland. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Getting J. Joel out of here. Uh huh. And Nick Sirianni with an asterisk going six and one all time in joint practices. But I don't. I'm not going to the asterisk. What's that for? I'm going to consider an asterisk. I don't know if you saw this. Tua said, um, you know, the guys were coming off a a, a big yeah, game. I didn't see this. Yeah. yeah, they were coming off a big game against Cleveland. Uh-huh. Uh They flew back to Philly. Then they flew down to Miami. Miami, it's like 100 degrees here right now. Guys aren't really getting as much rest as you would think they were before joint practices. So I think we got to put an asterisk on that uh, that joint practice. And I think we actually have to look at it and kind of be like, is Nick Sirianni still undefeated in joint practices? And I, I, I would argue yes. Look, your record is what your record is. Oh. If you say if Elliott's the one who keeps the score, six and one, he, they're six and one. You are what your record says. It's still a good team. Uh, I'm worried about the defense. Are I'll, you? Say it. I'll say it. Okay. I'm worried about the defense. I'm worried about the safety position. So actually, um, Jeff Mosher and Kaplan came out today, and I just saw this in a tweet, so no one kill me. They're what going to address. They're going to address the uh, the safety position. It, yeah, here's the thing though. Like you're going to be addressing the safety position this late into camp. That player is not going to be making an impact till week four. <laughs> you're probably right. Unless like, if like, it's a Jesse Bates move, like this guy. I mean, like uh, in hell of an instinctive line. Uh, safety but like he has to learn the terminology he has to learn defense he's learning coverage the checks the balances and all that kind of stuff so i mean as much as i would love it jesse bates would be a great addition and i don't even know if that's a thing but it's like you know you're looking at that guy probably not making an impact till around or about week four and maybe you can kill time with epps and Kayvon wallace and i uh, have this job this job guy who everyone loves um yeah he's the, the sixth round pick guy or something like that right yeah, he's like a sexy guy right now supposedly yeah. he's like making some some uh veterans nervous like, he's probably good. well here's the thing if joaquisti tart has not like impressed i think there's no reason cut. there's no reason to keep him and if this guy has impressed there's a reason to keep that guy yeah well do, do your do your evaluations of players go off from what people tweet like the beat reporter because that's what that's no. what happens for me because if i don't hear jacquiski no. tart's name then i'm like jacquiski tart might be the worst player in the world my whole theory with jacquiski tart was when they signed him you would want some news to come out about him during the mm-hmm. camp that's what i'm saying he's, he's probably just a camp body and i'll you know if he gets let go he gets let go and it's probably no egg on the eagles face whatsoever someone will try and spin it be like oh the eagles couldn't even make jacquiski tart work well jacquiski tart couldn't make jacquiski tart work so 
I mean, we all saw it in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, but whatever. I mean, look, I you know, I hope they, I hope they do make a move because you haven't heard one good thing said about the Eagles' safety so far, except for the guy you talked about, who I can't remember his name right now. Joe Marcus Epps was getting a lot of Marcus look, was getting a lot of love in the beginning, but that's Marcus the thing. Epps when, is like, when you Marcus have to, Epps is that guy who. If he's, he's if he's your third safety, makes a nice play once in a while. I'm fine with that. He's not every down safety. I'll go ahead and say that right now. But well, if he also, listens, I'm sorry, Marcus. I'll also say, hard as I see it, if you if you have to come out the first couple of days of practice and talk about somebody that nobody was talking about, uh-huh. you're probably trying to inflate that guy's value, or you're trying to inflate his ego in a way that, yeah, we're gonna rely on you a lot this year, dude, and we're, we're hoping you perform. I'm also sitting here thinking, like, when do we just start hate Kayvon Wallace? Because he hasn't performed yet. And he came out and basically called himself Young Dawkins. And it was like, hey, buddy, you can't do that. Just because you went to Clemson. I think we called him Young Dawkins, too. Okay. I'm just saying. I, I don't think I did. There, uh, there were right a lot away, of he had a picture of a Wolverine there. up with him with him wearing 42 in the front. I'm like, buddy, why don't you make a tackle or two first? The funniest thing, the most memorable thing I'll think of Kayvon Wallace is, is when he did a before and after picture. I think it was around like April or or March, uh, a before and after picture of him in the gym and, and nothing looked different. Yeah. Uh, That's like me when I start my diet versus when I end my diet. But like I didn't do anything. Yeah. He basically took a picture from the front. And then just pulled his his shorts up to his chest, and oh, okay. was like, "I'm skinnier now." And it's like that's a that's an Instagram influencer hack. It's probably not a good thing though to be skinnier as a safety. You probably want to bulk up a little bit. Yeah, um, you don't want him looking like Tiger Woods in 04. shredded, shredded. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm 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 worried about the defense because I think the offense played so well. The backups on Sunday, so that's just how my brain works. Like they're so good, they I have so much you. depth. I didn't watch the game on Sunday. I went to the uh, the Phillies Mets game. I haven't. I didn't even like. I recorded it. I haven't even gone back to watch it yet. I, I feel like there's nothing in there for me to watch. Now, I mean, the first the first play of the game. <gasps> uh, Excuse Cam, me, you, 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 Yeah, you do seem a little sick. Um, yeah, you feel a little nasally. A little sick. A little nasally. That, that audit keeping you up? No, we. You know, in laws kids got me sick. Mm, it's always it's one of them. Been, it's just been ripping through my house. So. It's always one of them. Well, I mean, the first play of the game, Cam Jurgens looked like Jason Kelsey, so that's all I really needed to see. The Cam Jurgens hype is real. Spuds threw a guy out of the uh, out of the shot. That was awesome. Yep. Um, Didn't hear more then, about that. On and then Crossing Devin broadcast. Allen. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the plug, Carson Podcast. Uh, then Devin Allen had a 51 yard touchdown from Reed Sinnott, and he Carson Strong <laughs> basically kneeled the ball down, kneeled down, and uh, the game was over. And um, which, is, which is ruthless from from Nick Sirianni or whoever was making that call, Shane Steichen, to put in Carson Strong to kneel the ball down when he has degenerative knees. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of, that's kind of mean. Be like, hey, go take a knee. Do the one. And after that, go do 40 lunges for me. I mean, Carson Strong had to go to the ice bucket because or the ice uh, yeah. the ice bath for, I'm really for a knee down. He walks in the training room. They're like, oh, you took a knee. Let me, uh, let me get the space legs out for you. That was like the one time where I'm trying to think. I think DeAndre Jordan didn't play any minutes. And uh, he got the ice bath uh, around his knees. There was a picture, uh, I think, of like Joel Embiid or Tyrese Maxey in the locker room. And and uh, DeAndre Jordan had ice around his knees after playing zero minutes. I tweeted it out, and I got ridiculed by uh, performance-enhancing uh, Twitter. Before Uh-oh. all the kinesiologists, all the uh, strength mm-hmm. and conditioning coaches being like, you don't understand uh, the regeneration process. And I'm like, I don't understand the regeneration process. It's just funny to me that a guy who played zero minutes has two humongous bags of ice around his knees. I also think you got to be careful with things that are cold. Everyone remembers Antonio Brown trying to destroy his feet. That is true because he didn't yeah. want to show up to camp. Look, frostbite is real. Mm-hmm. Frostbite is real. Why do you think nobody's? Why do you think like only like less than 100 people have climbed uh, Mount Everest? 
less than 100 people have climbed Mount Everest? I think so. No, that's that's inaccurate. Hundreds of people climb it every year. Mount Everest people <laughs> climb. It's hundreds of people a year. Oh, uh, four thousand people have summoned yeah. Mount Everest. Still yeah, not that, you, still you not that much. By like forty percent. Still not that. Uh, still not that much. I was. Uh, I was. I was in like. Uh, I think the four percent territory. I think we're going to that for good with math here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. I saw. I saw. Uh, I'll go back to the point that I made last week. Start the damn season. All right. I don't need yeah. to see Darius Slay uh, coming up limp against no. Tyreek Hill. How many one on ones do they need? These guys need to do. And how many one on ones do we have to get tweeted out where it was like Tyreek Hill beat a guy one on one? Oh, that's awesome. The guy's the fastest guy in mm-hmm. the NFL. Se- second fastest guy in the NFL. Besides behind Quez Watkins. Quez Watkins proclaimed himself the fastest, and I will believe that. <laughs> John Ross, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Um, I just saw a video to T.O. ran a 4.3840. T.O. <laughs> that's insane. And you know what? You're going to have some idiot come out and be like, oh, what do you think about signing Terrell Owens? Be like, hmm. <laughs> let's do that the yeah. 50 year old guy let's go yeah. get him um so yeah so i mean and then you have aj brown beautiful tip tip pass to himself uh tip tipped it up caught it to himself it was awesome i feel today. like every time like, we see an aj brown uh like highlight he's like saving the ball from not going on the ground <laughs> <laughs> we, has what are you getting it, that? what know. are you getting at? i haven't heard he's had the greatest camp i, I don't <laughs> know i'm i mean wait who jalen Okay, okay. I thought you were gonna say AJ Brown because I was like, no, I, 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 I heard that Jalen's not having the world's greatest. I think camp. there are too many AJ Brown positive tweets. I need some AJ yeah. Brown negative tweets to kind of temper expectations. I haven't heard anything about Devonte Smith, which makes me wonder: does he really, truly resent the best friendship that the two guys have? Hey, hey knock that off. I'm knock just saying, off. just That's saying storyline that no one wants to talk about. Rat poison. I haven't heard anything from Devonte. Makes me um, nervous. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just I'll continue to beat this drum. I mean. I remember when we I was I was young when we had four preseason games. Three preseason games feels like too much. Make it two and let's get the fuck out of here. It'll eventually get down to two, I'll tell you. Like eventually it'll we'll have we'll have eighteen games. And these between, guys will just be in be in wheelchairs for the rest of their lives. I, I don't think I, I don't that money. I don't know if the preseason will be a thing in, in ten years. I honestly think these joint practices are so important to these coaches and these players. They get so many reps there going against each other. You can that hide I more. You don't have to put as much out there. Like, yeah. I, you know what I mean? But I, I also think there's something to be said about like actual game scenarios and not, not like having everything predetermined. I True. think two makes a lot of sense. Um, especially the guys on the bottom of the roster, you want to see like, hey, if there's a two-minute drive that needs to happen. Let's get these guys out there. And do- you can simulate that at practice, but there is still something about a game and a non-predictability because even if you're simulating that two-minute drill at practice, I'm sure the coaches are predetermined. It's like, hey, maybe don't bring the guys. Hey, you can't hit my quarterback still. Mm-hmm. The, the the ability to still get hit, actually have to protect the player and extend plays, I think still holds a value. Um, I think two preseason games can do that, though. I don't think three is a necessary thing because here's the frustrating thing. We're going to go through this week. We're going to watch this game. I think it's Saturday night, right? Couldn't tell you. And then, and then it's just two weeks of waiting. Yeah. At least, at least when there was four weeks of it, you knew when it was over, you had one more week and you were live. So why not just give the guys an extra week off? Like I like I'm actually I don't know. I'm actually in that kind of camp where it's like I really don't need my guys to tackle. Um, if you I don't know if you, have you watched Hard Knocks yet? I haven't watched the third episode yet. Did you watch the first watch, two? I watched the first. Two. I mean they're they're beating the piss out of each other. Yeah, I wonder how much of that's like just clever editing, but yeah, could be. But I'm just saying, like I we were talking to Spuds at Crossing Broadcast, and I was like, dude, listen, if like if the Lions come out and they beat the Eagles week one, don't listen to anything. 
Like don't 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 turn oh, on the radio. Don't turn yeah, don't don't read anything. Don't read Crossing Broad. This is the first time I'm ever gonna tell you that. Don't listen to <laughs> us. First time I'll ever tell you that. Because it is going to be I promise if they lose, I won't overreact. I won't either. I might. I might overreact. Any, it no. depends on when we do the podcast. Anything can happen in the first three weeks. I'm trying to think who sucked in the first three weeks last year. Should there we was talk somebody. shop? Should we talk shop live on the podcast here? I feel like us going Wednesday nights in the regular season is going to be tough. I think we might need to move the, move the schedule up a little bit. Okay, where do you want to move the schedule to? I don't know. I, I feel like Monday night makes a lot of sense, but it also depends on game day. Maybe we play it by ear. Okay. Because I know you're busy with your show and your job. I'm busy with my job and my kids. So, mm-hmm. it's, you know. You got an audit. We, we always have to do this, this stuff together. And we were doing Tuesdays. We moved to Wednesdays because it made it easier. But during the Eagle season, we know that's when our views will be the highest. Maybe we, we'll, we'll, let's put that out there now. We'll workshop that with the fan group here. Yeah, let us know. Um, it, the same thing too, where it's like we're about to talk. I'll I'll, I'll transition over. We're about to talk yeah, about right. the Mets, and, yeah. the, and and the Mets and Phillies played four days ago when this comes out. When so. you refer to the Mets, can you just call them Daddy from now? Okay, on? Okay, okay. You want to do this? All right, well, let's do this. All right, fine, 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 fine. You know what? I'll admit it. I'll admit it. You're our daddies this season. I'll admit that. But at the end of the day, remember 1986. Remember. You're still 2006 NLCS Game 7. Andy Chavez, Robin, Scott Rowan of a home run. You guys lose in dramatic fashion. Shout out Yadier Molina. Remember 2007. The guy didn't even swing the bat. He just stood there. Remember 2007. Blew the NL East. 2015. Lost 4-1 to the Royals. 2000. Lost 4-1 to the Yankees. You are still. You are our daddy. Okay. I'll, I'll admit that. You're our daddy. But at the end of the day, the LOL Mets always rise to the top. A lot of Mets fans out there getting real comfortable. Everyone's getting excited because I think this this team has a little bit of juice. Kind of brutal when you go and lose Just two, to the, two to the Yankees. Just yeah, dropped two to the Yankees. Yeah, kind of brutal. Uh, especially when they were reeling, too. You kind of woke that monster back up. It was Pete almost Alonso, like they... Really cool, really cool bat over the knee, though. I'll never... I I'll, didn't, like, he's a yeah, dork. Didn't, he is a dork. But, did he... But, what, he Bo Jackson won? Yeah, he Bo Jackson oh, the bat. That's pretty sweet. I didn't watch the last two nights because I just needed a detox for a little bit. After the Philly weekend, that's I was important. like, you know what? I was like, I just need to need to get all. I checked the scores, watched the highlights, yeah. but I didn't like. I didn't. I didn't delve in too deep. That's but, important though to like detox. It, it really is. I, oh, I, yeah. I see. I didn't need a I, detox after the Mets. I know what's coming up for the Mets, and I know how stressed I'll be during the playoff run because no matter what, there's going to at least be a playoff series for the Mets. So I'm I'm mentally preparing myself for that. Are the Mets good? Yes, I think the Mets are legitimately one of the best four teams in the league. Uh, that was going to be my next question. Are they elite? I would go I Dodgers, Astros, asking, Yankees, beat, Braves. Can they beat? Can they Dodgers, beat the Dodgers in a seven-game series? Did you I hear think, me? Yeah. Would you say you put Dodgers, the Mets fourth? Dodgers, Astros. No, Dodgers, Astros, Yankees, Braves. Top four. No, right I now. don't think the Braves are better than them. I really Braves don't. Are so good. They are top to bottom. So good. Yeah, but the Mets kind of own them this year too. Are you sure? I mean, they had a. I think of the four game series. The season, the series before that, they won five, four to one. You go ahead and keep talking. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to figure this out. I. I think the whole thing is so whoever they get in the first round, which I'm assuming might wind up being the Braves, because they're probably gonna wind up the two seed. No, you're Yankee- gonna get the Padres or us. No, 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 because you guys, you guys get a bye. We do this every time. We can't yeah. figure out the. Fucking- I was gonna say I have a weird but- feeling it's gonna wind up being the Braves because I don't know if the Mets will finish with the best, of, the best record in the National League. This, there's a series with the Dodgers coming up this weekend, though, so that's pretty huge. And then they have the Braves right after it. So the Mets are really kind of going through a gauntlet, but then they play the Sisters of the Poor in September. So Who are you talking about? Well, they're not playing the Phillies. <laughs> yeah, no. So that's, that's already over. But it's, I'm pretty sure it's a combination of like 
the Reds, the Pirates, and the Nationals at the end of the year. So, so this is why it hurt. Last weekend hurt, but it didn't hurt as much because we have the Reds, we have the Pirates, we have the Diamondbacks, we have the Giants coming up. We have the next 20 games of teams that are 500 or worse. Like we right. should we should realistically go 15 and 5. And I know that's crazy, but we're going to go 15 and 5. Bryce Harper looks awesome in in Lehigh Valley and he was nervous yesterday. Sure he was. He, was, um, he said he was very nervous. So Please. look, I'll, I'll go ahead and do this right now. I mean the they have the Rockies in the three game set that they have Do they have the Dodgers? Oh, the Lost. Do- okay. It's wait, is it a one gamer against the Dodgers? That wouldn't make sense. It's literally one game against the Dodgers. <clears throat> there must be a makeup game, but that's there must wild. be a makeup game. So one game against the Dodgers. I thought that was a series, and then it's Nationals, Pirates, Marlins, Cubs, Pirates, Brewers, Athletics, Marlins. One game against the Braves. At the end of the year. So I like the chances. If they can just kind of, they can just play. You know, six hundred ball the rest of the way. They'll they'll coast six hundred ball. I just need six hundred ball. I'll coast my way into the playoffs, <laughs> and we'll get it going. Hey, Phils, I just need six hundred ball for you. I that's need that's not asking too much, right? Yeah, but you know. And the other thing is, like, we can just probably go ahead and congratulate both of us on playoff appearances because neither team's not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, if if the Phillies don't make the playoffs, it, it'll be if the Phillies one of the don't worst make the collapses. playoffs. Thompson's not back. Absolutely not, and Thompson yeah. might not be back. Who knows? That'd know. be dumb. If they make the playoffs, he should be back. He's done a hell of a job with that. No, he's done. A, he's done a great job. Um, and you know who's having a really good year, and I also think his home runs are cute. Is Alec Bone? Those two home runs he his hit. Home runs are cute. Oh, he hit the home runs he hit on Sunday were just so barely out. It was they so. Fun. I mean, they were out. It's fine. But I was like that. I'm like because they always talk about it. he doesn't have a ton of pop off the bat. Doesn't have a ton of pop off the bat. When he hit both of them, they were lasers. And I'm like that might hit the top of the wall. And I'm like I can't believe either one of them got out. It was the funny part. I was like, damn. I thought that had wall written all over it. He's a new age third baseman. You know, you remember your third yeah. baseman's you used to knock 25 in, 30 in. Okay. Dude, guys knocking 10 nowadays and just hitting the hit for average at the hot corner. Hell of a game, though, on Sunday. Like, it, it, well, ob- for some objectively, of us. hell of a game. Some of us. Some of us. After the first inning, I thought it was over. I'm like, ah, here we go. You did check on me, which I really do appreciate the next day. You were like, where, where are we at? Where You were checking the temperature. Oh, yeah. And, I always want to uh, make sure you're still in. Yeah, yeah. I, I Hey, listen, usually. There was some skies falling takes. Yeah. There always are some skies falling takes. I mean, they I, lose one game to the Braves. <laughs> that they're going to be like, oh, it's over. I mean, listen, it would have been nice to take two of two. Um, but like I told you, I mean, the bullpen was taxed. Um, you know, you didn't get your best from Kyle Gibson. The only problem is you're facing a fucking financial banker who was a, fi- who, a guy, a finance guy last year who was working on Wall Street and yeah. now uh, who was DFA'd after the game, too. Yeah. Um, so that that kind of hurt. This um, I, I was going through like the mental hula hoops in my head when Segura hit the home run. I was like, fuck, I really thought they had enough to get it done. And then I forget who – oh, Kana hit the home run for the match. I'm like, this is unbelievable. This is going to Great back. bat flip. I, I know a good bat, bat flip. flip where I see a good bat flip. Yeah. He he was asked after the game. Um, what, He's like, hey, I don't care. Yeah. like I, I didn't see anybody in Philly complaining. I don't know if no. someone else complained, but like – I loved athletes. Did you see the athlete lo- – I don't know if you follow him. It's like a Mets guy who puts out – it's called Athlete Logos. He had a like great one. And they do – you remember the neon signs at Shea where they had the guys in neon? Uh, so he like does those. So he had Ma- Mark Canna doing the bat flip with the neon with the bell in the background. I'm like that's a good. It was a good athlete logo. A, it was a top five bat flip that I remember from this season. Um, it was huge too. It was just a huge home run. That was a fun game in general. It, eh, 
We'll agree. But, I mean, it was a heartbreaking game for the Phillies. <laughs> unreal game for the Mets. Um, where are you at on the seven line army? Are you pro seven line army? Are you mid seven line army? Are you anti seven line army? Like, where are you at with these guys? I love the seven line. I think I think it's I think they're annoying. Um, <laughs> I think they're like a little bit abrasive, especially when they do the trips. But I love the fact that. Look, I mean, every team wants to have a great fan base. And one thing the Mets have going for them is that fan group that that truly do love the Mets. And the Mets have a very good fan base. I think they think they're a sky is falling fan base, just like almost any Northeast team. Yeah. But there's a lot of passion for them. We, look, we're little brother in our own city, and that's like kind of the way it is. So it's, you know, it, it's a little brother syndrome. But it's like we're pesky when we're good. Yeah, but you guys are like, you're like white collar bleacher creatures. <gasps> yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, look, I mean, guys that have jobs, guys that have all their teeth, guys that have 401ks. It was funny, too, because like you have the Subway Series going, you have a bunch of Yankee fans, literally a bunch of guys with the Bryce Hall haircut with their jerseys on button and a white beard underneath, just literally being like, they're a poor franchise. You'd be like, buddy, it's the richest team in Major League Baseball. Maybe check Twitter once or twice. There's a, a website I want you to look up. It's called Forbes. He's probably towards the top of it. The craziest thing is that Yankees fans have put on more clothes as the years have gone on. Yeah. It used to just be like jorts and a and a and a wife beater and maybe a Kango hat. The Kango hat? Yeah. And now yeah. it's like jerseys, uh diamond, uh like the cross earrings that hang from the ear. Yeah. You said like the Bryce Hall haircut. They and the everything. Bryce the Bryce Hall haircut's the dumbest look it's, in the world. It's what they all look the same. It's insane. Yeah, they do. And they all have like it almost look like their eyes are all glassy and bigger now. I don't know. I'm not trying to make fun of whatever the generation. Are you saying that the Yankees is. fans have a cocaine problem? I don't think you'd be too our face. <laughs> I don't think I am. It's the Bronx, man. <laughs> There's a lot of drugs going around up there. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, so, I hate the Yankees though. Like, I legitimately do. I, eh, well, I, I, I just hate that team. I, I hate was... that team. Like, I, I hate. Like, it's funny that like the Phillies Mets rivalry is so played up. Where the second, like, it's it's, it's second fiddle in the rivalry. It really is. I just, you know, 16 years of my life was just, you know, yeah. rooting for the Yankees. And and... Your dad was a Cowboys fan. <laughs> I was Next raised thing wrong. You know, Next thing you know, you're going to be like, yeah, I just like really like the Lakers and Notre Dame. <laughs> no, I'll never. I'll never like Notre Dame Lakers. And, and you were a Duke guy at one point. I so. was a Duke guy at one point. Yeah. But you know what? You you're know what? kind of a white trash daughter. <laughs> <laughs> but the good thing about me is I knew the error of my ways enough yeah. to change it and grow you up. Pop your shirt off. Make sure you don't have the leprechaun tattooed on your chest. <laughs> yeah. Here, let me get my calf in the shot. Yeah. Let's make sure there's no star on there. <laughs> um. So what do you think about the whole um? I've talked about it more than I ever want to talk about it, but I actually want to talk about it again. Uh, the Mets fan who threw out the the pitch. And I think everyone's seen it so far. And I don't know if everyone knows, but like the stipulations of everything was like, if you sell 500 tickets as a church group, as a school, as this, as that, as that, a business at Citizens Bank Park, you can throw out the first pitch. You can get your name. You can get a discount yeah. on tickets, all that stuff. So technically, so Excuse technically me. the seven line army, I think they sold about 1500 tickets, yeah. 1400 tickets. Rules are rules. I don't think it's right, but so the Phillies need the Phillies need to close that loophole because let me yes, tell you something: do. a new annual tradition will be a Mets fan throwing out the first pitch at a Phillies oh, game yeah. if they allow this to continue happen because the seven line's not going anywhere. They get more popular every year. They come every year. Every and they're year going they and they're going to sell that many tickets. I mean, they sell out every trip they have. I've never actually gone. I don't know if I would want to actually sit with the seven line because the whole struck them out thing would probably get really annoying to me yeah, at some point. That was kind of corny. It's they do it they they do it at every home game too like they're just really yeah. into it they have their own section out there they actually sell they actually have licensed merchandise so the guy who started it has done a really good job with it they have unreal merchandise actually but like I said I love the seven line I think it's hilarious that the Phillies let it get that far 
um, the story had actually come out like a month ago that this yeah. was going to happen. And Did it, not didn't, know. it didn't it didn't like have like traction. And I'm like, I'm surprised Philadelphia is not talking about this. And then it happens. Of course, the city goes ablaze with it. And there's really no one to blame but your own franchise for it. Yeah. And look, I, the guy was, I thought, fairly respectful while he was on the field threw the yeah. pitch out, walked back. It's also funny that he had those hilarious tweets about Philadelphia and just calling also it a funny. piece of yeah. shit city. But look, it was just a it's a bad it's a bad look, especially after getting your ass kicked all year by the Mets. This is a Wilpon move. It is. That that was a that was a bad Phillies look. That's yeah. that's Jeffy uh, which that's John Wilpon right there. Which <laughs> how dare you? It's a potted plan. Not even a Milton guy, but how dare you? Um <laughs> it feels like the Phillies have done a little bit of a 180 with the Mets. Mets get all this money. We have, you know, we're 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 still one of the the top. Uh, we still have one of the top uh, payrolls. Payrolls, thank you, in baseball. Um, but between the Pete Rose thing and letting him in the booth and letting him talk in general, yeah. And then Greg Lazinski following. I mean, not Greg, yeah, Greg Lazinski. Oh, Greg Lazinski. Well, he's gonna get his, but that yeah, was actually his. that was actually funny. Yeah. Um, letting him talk and do all that stuff. That's like having Dykstra talk like next year or whenever they, they honor the Mets 86 team again. Um, and then letting this, this guy just come in with full Mets and the general on the back, just yeah. literally waltzing in, has it all on video too. credit to that guy, that guy, the, the, the seven line army, great, great, great trolls. Oh, they great. do content. Great. Fantastic. Trolls. They do a good job. Um, you have Carton talking about it. I got to listen to that guy. Uh, Boomer is talking about it and stuff, so they gotta like get their their things in. Like this is this is posts that Kyle, when he started crossing broad, used to write about. LOL Mets or the Nationals getting yeah. taken over by Phillies that the government needs to get involved to like uh, make sure that they're selling tickets to the Phillies fan base. Like this is it, it was literally embarrassing. I mean, the, the Jays come in the middle of September. I mean. Dude, who, who doesn't say some like wacky Canadian radio show doesn't like buy a bunch of tickets and fly Joe Carter down there to, to throw the first pitch? Like, I mean, that would we, be absolutely hilarious. I, yeah, well, like, what are we doing here, Phillies? Like, you got it. You got to you got to understand more that like you people don't need to be freaking out about it, but you got to understand more that like the optics of it, and then we write about it. National places write about it. Right. Other places write about it, and then you guys look like you're just <clears throat> you're, you're just kind of holding the buck there, and it's just like, what are we yeah. doing? Yeah, I mean, look, and unfortunately the. The Phillies right now are trying to do anything they can to sell tickets. So that's a whole nother issue. Maybe this perk can't go away because they need the they need the Mets fans to come fill that stadium or pay for that payroll. Or they could just do what the Eagles did, and when they were auctioning off items like a like a like a crawfish boil for for Jalen Hurts, saw that one. They have no opposite team paraphernalia allowed to be worn by the yeah. person who wins. Like yeah. all it had to be was just no. Opposite team paraphernalia is allowed he, to throw out the first pitch. I think he leaked the original email was like Phillies. It was it, it, it said it was like Phillies gear recommended but not mandatory, and he probably just laughed. He was probably yeah. like, I'm a Mets fan. Like what? Like it's also like on. But this is the Phillies not thinking like the third, like but the, it's also like the like third line down. The, but if you're if you're the Phillies, even in the PR, the ticketing department, you have to understand. Like all you have to do is, I mean, maybe he didn't go under the moniker of a seven line army, but like if you look it up pretty quickly, you'll be like, oh, this is a massive Mets fan group. Maybe we shouldn't let them throw out the first pitch. Maybe the yeah. maybe offer them something else. Be like, you know what? We'll let you all like go into the Mets dugout or something like that. <laughs> Andrew Inhart from Flushing Queens is buying fifteen hundred tickets. I wonder where this guy's from. Yeah, I wonder he's what, either, what, what a, team he he's either for. a drug kingpin or kingpin or some kind of like you know 
massive Mets influencer in some way. <laughs> like that, it's just that's just that. I think that's just the Phillies right now. I, I don't think that like, and we ha- and I know the Do- there was a Dodgers fan who did throw the first pitch out in 2019. We're talking about the Dodgers though. Like that's the Dodgers. Yeah. Like the Dodgers. The 2015 Dodgers aren't the real Dodgers anyway. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, I just don't love the optics. You got to know that this shit's gonna go viral in the year 2022. Yeah, it was just a bad, it was a bad weekend for the Phillies, in general. It was yeah. just a bad weekend for the Phillies. They, they want to wash that one and move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it also, it also, um, took on a life of its own after they lose seven to two, and I forget what they lost the second game, but the, but both games were just so terribly, yeah. like no um, offense. Dude, credit to Philadelphia, though. Friday night was awesome. Great atmosphere in the building. And unfortunately, it didn't go their way. But You said Friday they, night or Sunday? Sunday. Friday night, they sold out the game, I think. They were they had like 40-some thousand people in the stands. Saturday night. Friday and Saturday. They, they also they had, had a good crowd. Yeah. Sunday was disappointing. I thought it would there'd it? be a little bit more. When I went over there, we parked in Jetro because we were having trouble finding parking. There was nobody in that stadium. I was like, holy shit. There's no one here. And I think I think we talked about it last week. The Eagles playing in a preseason game definitely impacted that. I sold my tickets. I know. Last maybe, I sold to, maybe I sold them to two Mets fans. <laughs> um, you know no, better than you. Next time, let them throw out the first pitch too. <laughs> um, how how was the reception of of you being a Mets fan? Do you wear Mets stuff there? Yeah, I wore my Lindor jersey just because your boys lost a little bit, so it fits again. So hey, I was like, you know what? I'll, so I'll toss this on. Um, I, no, no one said a word to me. No chirps. Had a good time. No chirps. I, the entire section I was in was basically Met fans, realistically. Oh. Um, it, it was no one said anything during the rain delay because we stayed and waited out the rain delay. Um, we walked the stadium. No one said anything. The lady at the uh, oh, the biggest disappointment of my life. I go up and ask one of the one of the nicest ladies in the world. They have a like, little beer cart over there mm-hmm. by the Harry statue, and I walk up to her. I'm like, hey, where do I find the Schmitter? The Schmitter's gone. Yeah. It's gone. I thought you knew that. Didn't know. I wanted to try one. Didn't, never got to try one, so it's gone. Yeah, I think it was that used to be at Bull's Barbecue, right? It was. Well, Bull's Barbecue is now on the other side where it used to be over where, like, the... Did you get your autograph from is. Bull? No, I didn't go up and ask. Like, he's basically Michael Jordan in the beginning of Space Jam. They're like, you'll be our star attraction. <laughs> you'll be signing autographs. Playing one-on-one with the paying customer, and you always lose. <laughs> You'll be signing autographs for the rest of your life. I mean, like the bull has to understand at this point, like he's just a joke, right? I agree. We've done this multiple times, Tim. This comes up a lot. The dude literally just sits there. You could walk up there with a bat. Like I could go to Dick's, get the coach's bucket of, of baseball. <laughs> like, can I have you sign all these? And that asshole will sit there and do it because that's really all he got going on for him right now. Signing basketball, uh, signing baseballs. I, I should go up there with a basketball. Hey, can you sign this? <laughs> just don't and go over the 1980s Phillies yearbook and you're good. He's not going to sign this, he's especially if you don't have it. a ticket, man. <laughs> I wish this. you still had the 19. 19- you should have just did- gotten it signed and then thrown it in this and then lit it on fire. <laughs> Bad son. Can't believe you sold that. I know. I you sold- had the chance. You had the chance to complete it. I know. I did. You, you know, avenge what? your father. You know what? I should have thought about this three, three, four years ago. That's I don't think you were as a vindictive three or four years ago. <laughs> Fuck you. I am I am a jolly, jolly son of a bitch. Yeah, but now, I mean, you could have had your moment. You could have had your Julia Robert, pretty woman woman. Big mistake. Huge. Get one of those, like, pieces of paper that uh, that that the Sharpie goes through. 
Uh, you ever do that in, in school? I forget why you had to do it, but you had those like loose leaf papers where like, like you would write paper? on it. Yeah, like the carbon paper and you could write on it and everything. Be like one of those loose leaf paper where like, hey, can you sign this piece of paper? Put the uh, 1980s Phillies yearbook right, right underneath it. Like, it's like, got you, bitch. motherfucker. He's like, I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting for your father for the last 10 years. The and you got problem, me. Yeah, the only just, problem just spontaneously is, could bust into flames. Yeah, you. that would be basically the end of your quest. Yeah. The rapture would happen after Chaos is a ladder, Kyle. Did you check out any of the auctions, um, auction items that uh... I did? I mean, the crap, the, the crawfish boil looks like it would be pretty unreal. I would, <laughs> it really, I would, it really does. It, I mean, I don't have twenty seven hundred dollars to drop on that, and I'm pretty sure crawfish are about eight dollars a pound. So, like, I don't like. There's inflation's really hit that. This, um, <laughs> all these things, the prices on this are high. Yeah, yeah. And, VIP Philadelphia Flyers experience in a luxury suite with TJ Edwards. And Sean Bradley going for twelve hundred dollars, where Sean Bradley and TJ Edwards is going to come in, say hi for like thirty seconds, and then leave. It's a little I wild. Mean, the one thing I think is very appropriately priced is the four thousand to have lunch with Howie. Although Fuck you're probably that. you're probably not getting anything out of that. That's what I think. I think that would be the worst guy to have lunch with. Like, why do I? Yeah. Because the things I want to ask him, whether I had the balls to ask him or not, he's not going to answer. I would be interested in the $450 for the Jacoby D- Dean helmet because if he turns out to be a stud, your value is going way up on that. Um, I actually think that's pretty appropriately priced. The footballs at being around $250. Um, I mean, like Fletcher Cox, $500. Jordan Davis is three. I can get a Jordan Mylotta football for $200. Like, see, that's something I would actually consider, you know, paying for. I think, I think that's like a fair price, but it's also like as an investment opportunity. I don't think maybe. I mean, sport wip afternoon show i can just call in and do that for free <laughs> um Karina i can text Reed jack is- fritz right now i can text <laughs> me and him do text each other sometimes i'd be like hey can Reed- i come on the show he'll be like no create a create a read is italian ice flavor with miles Dude, personalized voicemail for message from D- wip host ria hughes she would have to pay me to call me i don't want her calling me. i wouldn't pay hey, look i don't want to be mean to ria but I would I would pay the the thing is like me and you have a somewhat of a relationship with some of these like the WIP people we have somewhat of a relationship with. I don't view them anymore as like these uh these stars because they've been humanized to me. Yes. Now yes. Ike would be the one I mean look, I would love to meet Howard. I'd love to meet uh, Would you? Have, yeah, I mean Howard Eskin is kind of like yeah, when you go to a game with my dad, you come home, the first thing you do is throw Howard Eskin on, like on the way back down to Jersey. Yeah, you got to hear Howard up there just calling people dopes. Ha- Howard's Howard's on my shit list, too. I mean, my dad yeah. called in, said Rajah Bell was the next great defender in Philadelphia <laughs> sports history, and they laughed him off the radio. So, well, dude, you know the, what? The, the problem is your dad versus Philadelphia <laughs> sports is he, it sounds like he just got alphaed by everybody in sports and sports media for his entire life. I think your dad's a simp, dude. <laughs> I don't want to pile on a dead man, but like. I call it as I see it. Like I said earlier, he's a little bit of a simp. (laughs) That might be true. That actually might be true. My father. Oh, my God. My father was a simp. Yeah, man. Maybe that's why you just go out there and you're aggressive with the microphone in everyone's face. I like it. (laughs) That is true. I'm making up for the legacy of my father. Every truly are. Man on the street. You're simp as pride. (laughs) Bobby's pride. Bobby's pride. Yeah, my dad has the weirdest. That sounds like a Philly guy. I mean, Steve Carlton, he's got a, he had a beef with, um, Why? there was this, how well, is he beefing with people? 
So Steve Carlton, uh, the day oh, they Jesus. threw out, uh, the day they threw, uh, sorry, the day he got his 3,000 strikeout, they gave out these little um, coupon memorabilia <laughs> things that were like, I was at Steve Carlton's 3,000th uh, strikeout game. And cool. at the bottom, they had a place where you could get it signed by Steve Carlton if you ever did you know, run into him and everything. So my dad and his friends, they went down to... Uh, to the players parking garage back when it wasn't as enclosed. Uh, and he wanted Steve Carlton to sign it. And Steve Carlton said, no. And he said, you know what, man, you'll never be anything ever again. And <laughs> your Steve dad Carl- is your Steve dad. Carl- Steve Carlton did not have that good of seasons after yeah. my father said that. Do you think your dad, do you think the Philly captains are a reincarnation of the father? <laughs> Not with the accent, though. Not yeah. with the accent. But um, it, it seems like your dad would just get told no, and then he would have some kind of like very non like he would have threatening response. But it was at least like threatening. He'd be yes. like, "You're never going to yeah. be good again." The guy's like, "All right, pal, get out of here." Yeah, but you he, know, Steve Carlton at some point during that bad year was like, "That fucking guy that fucking must guy. have been some type of maestro." That fucking guy. Um, yeah, there, there was, there was another guy. He was a Braves the curse of Kyle's dad. He was a Braves pitcher or a really good Braves uh, infielder, and um, my dad's friend ran onto the Braves team bus. This is back when security was not a yeah, thing. Back, back when players were men. Yeah. So my dad chased after him. Father's Day was coming up. Bobby Cox was one of my dad's friends, dad's favorite guys. Like yeah. loved him as a manager. It's like, he's like, Mr. Cox, I'm sorry to run up here. Like sign this for my How father. How old was this guy when he called him Mr. Cox? He was probably, I would say my dad was probably right out of high school or right out of college. Okay, my dad didn't go fair. to college. So let's fair just, enough. Like t- probably, probably early 20s. He was like, Mr. Cox. It would be like me walk, running up and be like, hey, Mr. Yeah. Hoskins, can you please sign this? I'd be mm-hmm. like, hey, Reese, can you sign this? Like, I would feel like a loser. It would, you, I mean, it would be you them. running onto the bus to get Buck Showalter's autograph, basically. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, I might call Buck Mr. Showalter, though. He's pretty old. Yeah. Well, I mean, he really wanted the autograph. So he goes, hey, Mr. Cox, like, if you just sign this for my father, Father's Day coming up, like, please, just just do it. He goes, kid, you got to get off this bus. And he's like, come on, Mr. Cox, please, please, please. And my dad's like, try, and, and this kid, he's like, he's still like maybe five, six. Still may, maybe weighs one 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 forty, and my dad was like a six foot two, six foot three guy, big yeah. dude. Um, and he's like trying to pull him off, but like you know that that, that small man strength when you really want something, you you go and get it. And Bobby any man Cox, in the world is the strongest person in the world. If they really want something. If they really want to be. Um, and Bobby Cox, I don't know if he signed it. He might have signed it. He might have not signed it, but that doesn't matter. There's this guy, and his name's not Juan Samuel, but Juan Samuel's coming back to me. I know he was a Philly, but he was um. He was a he was a, a brave and he was a pitcher and he was had a really, really good year. And he uh-huh. had all these chains on and everything. He was from the Dominican and he pushes my dad out of the <sighs> way. And my dad goes like, what the fuck? I'm just trying to get this guy off the bus. And he goes, he goes, get the fuck out of my way. And my dad goes, you know what, you piece of shit? You're never going to be anything ever again. <laughs> and guess what? That guy never was, was anything nothing again. after. Your dad was ruthless with that. You'll he's never the, be anything. He's the kiss of death. He's Where the Joe you... Gillio Oily Shore Parks of Carson Wentz's nightmares. What did you what is your what did your dad do as a career? My dad had a bunch of different careers. He was okay. uh he he used to um cut uh he was a gla- he he did stuff with glass before. Mm-hmm. Then he used to cut currency, which paid very well. 
Um, currency? So basically, like you go to a warehouse and you know how they come out with like um, the currencies and they're all in like this b- these big squares. You just have to cut them so that they can become like $20 bills, dollar yeah. bills. Oh, um, okay, okay. Yeah, so like just cutting, cur- like he worked in like a currency manufacturer. They moved to Texas. He well, didn't want probably some kind of national contract. That's probably always making yeah. money. He didn't yeah. want to. He didn't want to move the family. So then he just had a bunch of odd jobs. He drove a bus for a little bit. He worked the graveyard shift at Wawa, making hoagies behind the hoagie counter. Um, he one time, uh, great story. One time, guy comes in, goes, "Hey, uh, I, I ordered tomatoes on my hoagie. Can you cut them into three fourths inches?" And the guy goes, "Get the fuck out of here! It's like two thirty in the morning." He didn't tell me it would never be anything, though. Did he? <laughs> he didn't tell because me. I, would never what, be anything. I, what I was trying to get at is like, if your dad was in like a career of like a marketing salesman, be like, I wonder how many like careers he had to be like, look, buddy, you're not going to be anything. So just get out of here because it's a power. It's a it's a power insult. You're not going to be anything. And the thing is, you're more likely like if you if you looked at everybody in the NFL draft, and you said that guy's not going to be everything, anything. You're more right than you are wrong. Yeah, it's just 100%. how. How I think works. I think this should just be a running thing. We need to just like, pick a guy of the week. He's just not going to be anything. He's not going to be anything. I, I wonder if I, I wonder if it, if uh, his kiss of death uh, transferred to me or transferred to my sister when I was born. Who who knows? Kayvon Wallace not going to be anything. That's, I promise you that Kayvon yeah. Wallace isn't going to be anything. Not going to be anything. We really piled on him. Um, what's our next segment? Are we bringing her on? You want to get Yoko on? Yeah, we're gonna have Yoko on. Um, I think have we mentioned her a lot since we got. Uh, well, who cares? My girlfriend, we call her Yoko. Oh my god! It's a whole, it's a whole backstory. You've probably heard it. Um, I don't know how the Yoko thing started either. I think, I actually think, if I remember correctly, you went on a date with her. Then you had to push a podcast one time, and I called her Yoko right then and there. That's true. I think that actually that that's sounds probably exactly right. how it worked. Like you had like, oh hey, can we like do this tomorrow? And I was like, yeah. What's Yoko ruining the podcast already? And then that was it. Just kind of stuck there. So yeah. So. I've always I've always prided myself. Well, I think I've always prided Gary that he has uh, very good bachelor takes. Uh, guy's been on a number of bachelor parties. Yeah. Guy understands a bachelor party, the proper etiquette, the proper way to go about it, the proper planning, the proper places to go. Um, Yoko, great, great bachelorette party. She just went just she made she made a cardinal sin. Okay. So we've brought on Yoko. Uh, this is a face reveal for Gary. And yeah. I guess if Gary, well, now she's seen you on all the clips and everything. Yeah. Um, Pretty big deal on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. How do we start this? I don't know. Well, so we'll start with this because we kind of we kind of preface it. Preface is my mom's in my head. You told me I pronounce that word wrong all the time. So I'm just going to say both right now. But I heard you had some woes on a bachelorette party. And all I want to do is help you for your next one. Yes, I've learned some things this weekend. That's for sure. Okay, what was the biggest mistake you guys made? I mean, I think girls go into a bachelorette with a a plan where guys Uh just, you know, kind of go with the flow. And I think we were like, okay, we're going to go to this day club and not have a table, just get in like general admission. And then we were going to, you know, pay for the boat and pay for the private chef and all that kind of stuff. But then when it came down to it, that's not exactly how it went. No. And also, you know, girls expect to get a lot of things for free when that always doesn't go according to plan. So I think that was so that one is of the a myth. things. <laughs> so that is a myth. I don't get anything for free ever. Um, so from what Kyle said, you guys did the dinner Saturday night and it was just a shit show. Oh, yeah. I mean, 
when we came out of the day club, which was probably around like five o'clock, uh-huh. I didn't realize that I was the last Uber to go home. And the girl that ordered the Uber, she died as soon as we stepped foot outside of the club. Okay. So we're standing on the corner, you know, waiting for her Uber. And I'm like, did you even order one? And she's, you know, her eyes are like rolling back in her head. I'm like, oh, this is good. So then this guy approaches us and he's like, hey, girls. (laughs) He goes, hey, girls, I have a car. Uh, Why don't you? Can I give you a ride? So quick. That was most likely a sex trafficker. I did not know this. So he told us he he drove privately for one of the clubs or whatever. So in hindsight, I don't know why I just. Did you accept this? Yes. Wait, this is, this is, but this is something I would do. No, I I would do this thing. We were going to talk about moving in together. Now I think you're supposed to be the responsible Strongly here. Just hopping in strangers' cars. So I honestly didn't think about this till after the weekend because I was like, wait, I actually just accepted a ride from a complete stranger. I mean, yeah. luckily he was great. His name was Mick. He was like 75 years old. Do you know how many mm. arid and open and rural land there is in the state of <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. That's also like one of those things where the horror movie starts. Just be like, hey, girls, get in this car. Let's yep. go for a ride. <laughs> Take these pills. It'll make your hangover feel better. Oh, now you're asleep and you live in Mexico. I think the thing is, though, when I stepped foot in his car, all of, like I was telling Kyle this, the back of his seats, like where the pocket is, it had barf bags in all of the pockets. So I was so this like, guy, this guy preys on young, drunk women. <laughs> or, But when I say he preys on young, drunk women, he might be like born again Christian. He's like, I'm going to get these drunk girls home. I like that you see the good in people. Yeah, I mean, like, I, look, I'm not going to just sit there and call this guy like a pseudo rapist because I don't know if he is or not. But let's give him the benefit of the doubt. At least he had some amenities. He turned out to be a good guy. I actually got his card because I'm going to okay. be in Arizona this week for work. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll give you a call for a private ride. Yeah, just don't show him these clips because I kind of piled on there a little <laughs> bit. Um, leading up to the Saturday night dinner, what was this a Thursday through Sunday trip? Yeah, so Thursday yeah. we went out to dinner and then we went to a club. So I don't know. Have you ever been to Scottsdale for a I bachelor did. I party? lived in no, I lived in Scottsdale for a little bit, but I was also okay. a loser. So like <laughs> you kind of have to bounce that out. So you know, like old town Scottsdale is basically yeah. like all clubby bars, which I, I didn't feel realize. Like it wasn't that much when I was there. Maybe I was just oblivious to it, but like I maybe I just missed the whole thing. I don't know. I think that was like one of the biggest things that I didn't realize because I've been to Scottsdale. I have like family there and stuff, but I've never been out in Scottsdale. So when I got there, it's like almost like a um, like a mini Vegas or like mini Cancun because like all the bars are like open aired bars. Um, but yeah, I didn't realize that's how I'm it was. Starting to think about it, I think I know where you're talking about now. Um, yeah, so it's kind of sweet. So you go th- you go out Thursday night. I'm assuming you go out again Friday night, right? Yeah, so Friday we did the boat during the day, and then Friday night we go out to another now, club. When you say the boat, there's not a lot of w- bodies of water in Scottsdale. I'm assuming so was, this isn't an actual boat. It was a reservoir that we were okay. on the boat on. How big was the reservoir? It was like a and decent how size. How big was the boat? So it was a um, like a double-decker pontoon boat situation it was called the pink flamingo and it had a water slide a diving board and a stripper pole okay those are pretty good (laughs) amenities as well 
Yeah, we had um, a great time. Yeah, so you go hard to – see, this is where Kyle and I talked about this. It was Charleston you went to, correct, Kyle? Yeah. And I was pretty adamant about, like, the Saturday night dinner, you just – you can't do it because you already – the Saturday nights grit your teeth and get through it. Everyone's just got to do what they want to do and go for it. I would have just repeated Thursday night on Saturday night. Well, that's the thing. Like, f- I think Friday night we ordered in and out which was great because it was, like, you quick food. You switch your days up. Yeah. I know. And then, of course, Saturday we all get absolutely hammered. I think yeah. – Two or three girls missed the chef, so they still had to pay for the chef, even though they didn't make it. And on top of that, we're eating sushi. Yeah. So it was just Ugh. the timeline. It just was seems not like great. a combination of throw up and poor decisions. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. The only other bachelor party I had a really good shot at going on, like we went to Vegas once, but Spirit Airlines sent my clothes to New Orleans, so I was walking around a Bruce Springsteen T-shirt for like five days, so I couldn't do anything. <laughs> Um, they're like, oh, do you want to go to this club? I'm like, no, nah, I'm wearing a Bruce Springsteen t-shirt. I can't go. Gary, I got a question. Yeah. The one thing that I always loved about <coughs> Bachelor uh, Damn it. <laughs> what I loved about Bachelor Parties was the post-Bachelor Party split. Like, yeah. Like, everybody is pretty good with the expenses when you're a guy. You're like, hey, listen, yep. stop being a pussy. Just pay it. It's $250. You're going to get it back. Women... Are you they, still tracking uh, money down? Th- oh yeah. Oh god. It's. I mean, when was this bachelor party? Sunday. We guys came back. I mean, Thursday or Wednesday. We're still going on on splitting. You know, some people. Do you want to explain it? Yeah. So I mean, obviously, you got food, alcohol for the house, and then you know the dinners. Those are being split. But then, of course, Thursday night we go out and we didn't get a table, but there was another bachelor party that got us a table. So they got us one bottle. We had a table. So some other girl in our group decides to order an additional bottle. So that was $700 yeah. that we didn't plan on spending, yep. which is fine, whatever. So then Saturday at the day club that we went to, we didn't go you know, with, with the plans of getting a table. But when we got there, it was absolutely like shoulder to shoulder. You'd probably like, if you got in the pool, you'd probably get monkeypox, And so we had like a little, we had this tiny Fair. space to stand. So me and another girl were like, let's get a table. The minimum was 3000 which is obviously a lot. But if we split it between all of us girls, it was like 160 or something. So we decided to get the table. Seems fairly reasonable. Yeah. yeah. And we had the time of our life. But of course, it wasn't just $3,000. It was a little over 4000 So Yikes. in the group chat, you know, all these girls are like, well, I only had one drink or like I didn't touch the alcohol at all. Or That's whatever. not how that works. If you step foot at the table, you pay. Exactly. And it's yeah. like you're paying for the experience. And it's like, what are we were going to stand on the side of the pool and like rub shoulders the whole time? Like, it's just like we had the best time. It's like, why are why is everyone fighting about this? And I'm like, I could say the same thing about the bottle that was bought on Thursday night that right. I didn't ask for. But, yeah. it, you know, it is what it is. And I feel like when defend you, go, these girls, you know, we're on the we're on the verge of a recession. Inflation's at an all time <laughs> high. I mean, these bachelorette parties aren't cheap. No. And that's the thing. Like when you commit to a bachelorette or a bachelor party, you have to accept the fact that you're going to spend ridiculous amount of money on things that you probably wouldn't have spent money on. Yeah. On your I own. actually think that's a great point. Like if someone invites you on a bachelor or bachelorette party, assume it's going to cost you a minimum of $2,500. Yeah. Like that's okay. just how it's going to be. Like, yeah, this is a $2,500 weekend. Exactly. And it's so. like 
Now it's to the point where even people who aren't in the wedding party are invited yeah. to the, the, you know, and it's like, that's up to you. Like you're not required to be there, but if you want to go, just know you're going to spend a lot of money. Yeah. You can't go and half commit. You can't do that. No half measures. No half measures. If you're going to go, you got to go full. You got to go full board. And what's, what's the main reason you're going on a bachelor party to make the bachelorette or the bachelor happy. Right. Like for them to have one of the best moments of their lives and to have memories to talk about forever. So anybody out there listening who has been on bachelor parties, hasn't been on bachelor parties, has been on one like I have, like you're going there, you're going to spend money. And but the main reason is for your buddy to have a good time. And you know what? You're going to spend money that you didn't really plan. Nobody can plan a bachelor party. You get a couple drinks in you. All yep. of a sudden you're getting a you're getting a cabana like that. Just, it just happens. I went to one and I went to one in Atlantic City. I wound up buying an entire restaurant wet willies for some reason. Yeah, like <laughs> I just woke like, up the next day and I'm like, I spent seven hundred dollars at a wet willies. Yeah, you can't they're budget like, the wet like, willies. They were like, Yeah, you bought everyone in there a daiquiri. I'm like, <laughs> Sounds like I kind of re- had a great night. It was also like thirty I- degrees <laughs> outside, but everyone got a daiquiri. Sounds like I was the favorite yeah. of all the, the the whole bar. I still I got the souvenir cups too for everyone, so everyone got a little souvenir out of it too. <laughs> I think that's where it really ran up the bill. Pierre, if if you know if if auditing doesn't work out for you, sales doesn't work out for you, or whatever, oh, I think you should be a a, a bachelor party, bachelorette party connoisseur. Uh, uh, one tra- day like a travel I will agent, a travel agent. Yeah, but for bachelor and bachelorette parties, like, listen, this is what you're gonna do, dude. You're gonna spend this money. You can't yeah. budget the wet willies. Okay, the wet willies are they're a sunk cost. How many times have I just said if I could get a job of just being some guy's guy, I would I'd true. I'd be the most successful guy in the world. That's true. Yeah, you I, just so what if you were the voice of reason? What if you were the voice of reason for bachelor and bachelorette parties? You just hung out to the to the side, some girl complains about the table, and you're like, listen, it's not about you. It's yeah, about the, the bachelorette. Up. Yeah, shut the yeah. fuck up and drink the beer. Yeah. All right. I don't you're, care you're if there was a seven hundred dollar bottle yeah. of pinnacle, drink it. Yeah. You put in for the steak, okay? You're going to be eating the steak at the wedding. You're going to be <laughs> yeah. drinking all the free liquor. All right. Shut up. Yeah. Now, when's the wedding? October. Yeah. So okay. it's going to have to be settled up by that. It's going to be awkward. Whoa. <laughs> I hope yeah. we're settled up by and it's that. It's at a very beautiful venue. Very beautiful venue. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Carson yeah. Wentz get married there? <laughs> no. The other thing is, if you're going to have a bachelorette and you have to know, you know, what price range your friends are capable of spending. So it's like, okay, if your friends, maybe they're in school still or whatever, you know, they can't uh-huh. afford to fly somewhere. So maybe go to like Ocean City, Maryland or yeah. something like that. Kyle Look, was making fun of me because I said I would consider Dewey Beach. Very white trash. Yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I, I think anywhere that you can go on a weekend. Every single weekend, it's just not bachelorette material. Now, see, I was I was gung ho on New Orleans, and then we really started looking at the prices. I was like, "Fuck it, let's go to Boston." See, for Boston, not That's a fun everyone's one. not going to go there, and you have history there. Yeah, um, it was actually kind of work because half the bachelor party was already there. I was like, "Perfect." So, I mean, you're just. That's like I would love you if you were if you were a friend of mine. I'll take the conglomerate up there. That's fine. <laughs> All right, Yoko. No, I think we got everything we needed there. I do have to say, I didn't realize for like a year and a half that my nickname was Yoko on yeah. this podcast. Now, do you like or hate that? I mean, like I get the joke behind it, but... Do you know where the original joke came from? Yeah, he told me. Yeah. That it was like the break, like she was the one that caused the breakup, which no, is No, no, I think... That's what I thought it was. Yeah. That's no, what, no, she, no. Oh. If we really go back to it, it was most likely the combination of 
the third partner being frustrating and me having a kid is what caused the breakup. But no, I think <laughs> when you guys had just started dating, he pushed a podcast a day and I was quickly like, Oh, Yoko is already breaking up the band and it just stuck. <laughs> it's not, it's nice. No, when I'll know, I'll know this podcast has made it when someone comes up to me in public and goes, and we're, we're together and goes, is that Yoko? Oh yeah. That'll be unreal. That's when I, that's when I'll know. I'm okay with the nickname. Oh, there's a lot worse nicknames it could be. Yeah. Yeah. I think Yoko's kind of endearing. She had a solo album at one point. She didn't <laughs> sell well. All right. Well, Yoko, maybe we'll have to bring you back. We'll, we'll see how the people decide if this was a yeah. good enough segment or not. We'll see. I don't know, man. I think I'd lawyer up quick. She looks like she's going to take half your shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was uh, <coughs> when she said this random guy was like, yeah, I'll pick you up. Questionable. I, I thought I was the idiot. Seldom do I tell this story because I forget about it, but I had one of those moments when I was in college and hey, maybe we'll have Kate on at some point. And we'll talk about this. We went to a party. I was 21. I didn't have a car because it was in the city and the liquor store wasn't far away. And I just walked in. I talked to one of my teammates. I'm like, hey, man, can I borrow your car? Just run the run of the uh, liquor store and grab beer. And like he goes and talks to some, some guy randomly comes up, hands me the keys to an Audi. He goes, oh, it's parked over there. I'm 100% sure the car was stolen. In retro, like This got brand new Audi. Just hands me the keys. He goes, yeah, take, never met the guy in my life. I drove his Audi a mile to the grocery store and back. I guarantee that car was stolen. To this day, I still think that car was stolen. Your I don't friend? even know who it was. It was not. It was a friend of a friend just handed me the keys. And I'm telling you, it was a brand new, like, beautiful Audi. He was a trust fund kid. I feel UMass kind of. But it was things. it was one of those times where it was like when she, as soon as she said she's like yeah I just made a dumb mistake like I'm thinking like I still think that's the dumbest thing I ever did was drive that car because oh. imagine getting pulled over and be like you're in a stolen car I'm like I promise it's not mine it's like yeah no shit bud <laughs> stolen <laughs> it really isn't a good alibi for that yeah, I swear to God I didn't steal this car well you're the one driving the stolen car yeah it's a tough alibi for that damn <laughs> yeah but well. anyway you know, oh no I like that episode I enjoyed that episode. Oh, good, good, good. Why don't we wrap it up? All right. I think that's all we have to do. We're just going to go ahead and wrap it up. But so thank you very much for listening to the Water Boys podcast presented by Crossing Broad. We'll talk to you next week.